I am Theodora, and you are listening to Spiritual Slut, the shameless podcast for a woman who are unapologetically sexual and spiritual. Spiritual Slut. <laughs> Spiritual slut. Spiritual slut. Hello, gorgeous angels. Welcome back to yet another episode of Spiritual Slut, the podcast. I am your host, Theodora. Today, we are talking about going big or going home. <laughs> That's the title. So how do we shatter the glass ceiling on our manifestations? How do we break this fucking glass <laughs> above our heads that is stopping us in our tracks on our way to manifest our biggest dreams. This is the topic of the day. So we are going to dive into how we are limiting ourselves without even being aware of it, how to become aware of our limitations and all the tools and modalities that we can use to gain this awareness. I will tell you all about it with concrete examples of my personal story as per usual. You know how I love to give all the tea, all the juicy details. You're going to get all of that in this epi. <laughs> as always, you know yours truly. So my story, my manifestations and also a very, very personal announcement about my private life. And this is relevant to you guys because... It is about a very big manifestation of mine. And I owe it to myself to share it with you because I noticed that when I do share my manifestations with you, they come to fruition so much quicker. And so because I want my manifestations to come to fruition so much quicker, I am sharing it with you. Hence the big announcement. So listen till the end and you'll know everything about it. And just to tease you a little bit, this announcement has to do with my location on earth yes <laughs> so i am gonna talk to you guys about astrocartography if you've heard the term it's an aspect of astrology so i am very excited to share my findings with you all today so let's dive in so in case you're new here i live on the gorgeous magic island of ibiza and this is a whole manifestation in and of itself so i have to tell you or do a sort of recap of that story so that you know exactly what it's all about today because you're going to need this story to understand where I'm coming from as it pertains to astral cartography and stuff. So here's the story. I was living in Paris with my ex. It was not going so well and I was you know, trying to balance my online career of selling erotic hypnosis videos and doing some more human, <laughs> more in-person jobs like photo shoots, like dancing in nightclubs, like working as a stripper in some strip clubs. And this was one of my favorite things to do because it was easy cash. It was, you know, <laughs> and we all love cash, right? So, and it was also allowing me to travel and be paid to travel and making new friends in the process and when you've been working online for quite a while you can feel really lonely and that was where I was coming from so I was feeling lonely I was feeling unhappy and unfulfilled in my relationship and so I started working as a stripper amongst other things and I met people uh, namely one girl who was living on the island of Ibiza and I was looking into moving to some sunny place somewhere I had no idea where and then this girl maybe she's listening to the pod <laughs> she mentioned that she was living in Ibiza and I was like mm, that sounds like the perfect place for me to move let's look into that so I started to ask the universe for signs and this was the beginning of my spiritual awakening in the sense of I was not really in touch or not fully in touch with my mediumship I was hearing voices, but I didn't know exactly where they were coming from or what kind of guides they were. I would sometimes hear helpful things, but I wasn't sure what it was. So I wasn't always following the advice I was receiving in this form. Let's put it this way. And so I was asking the universe for signs and 
I was starting to date people on Tinder because we were breaking up with my ex. So I was starting to date guys. And interestingly, the first one that caught my eye had a villa in Ibiza. It was a French guy, but he was living between Paris and Ibiza. I was like, "Mm, that's an interesting sign. And fun fact, I'm still in touch (laughs) with him. So anyways, I'm digressing a little bit, but the signs kept getting stronger and stronger. And I was like, this surely looks like there's something for me there. So back then, only two years and a half ago, I wasn't well-versed in manifestation, in even meditation and spiritual practices. I wasn't well-versed like I am today. So I was just, you know, following what felt like, what felt good, what felt intuitively, you know, natural to me to follow. So I just, you know, went with my inner flow. I went with the signs and it led me directly to the island. And I feel like the reason why it manifested so quickly is because I had no limiting belief around living in Ibiza. After all, I had met a girl living there. So it was like a testimony that it was possible for someone doing just the same job as me. And also... I had the proof, the human proof that it was possible for a guy that was dating and seeing. So when you have proof around you that people can live there and it's easy and it's totally doable and they come from the same place as you and they're doing the same thing or they're in the same circle of people, then it makes your manifestation very possible for you. So there are no more limiting beliefs around it. And also... Living in Ibiza was not really a dream per se. I I was never like, oh my God, Ibiza is the ultimate dream destination for me. Actually, I'm not even sure that I had a dream destination, like an ultimate destination in mind at that time. I just knew I wanted to live on an island. I wanted to be in a sunnier place than Paris, which is not really hard <laughs> when you think about it. I really wanted to be closer to nature and closer to the ocean or closer to the sea. That was my main desire at the time. But Ibiza was not my big desire. It was not my big dream. I had been to Thailand before. I had been to tropical islands before. And this was more of what I had in mind. But what I was thinking is that An island in the Mediterranean, for someone who lived in Paris at the time, is way more accessible geographically and financially and in all the ways. It's so much easier. And if anything goes wrong, it's just one hour flight back to Paris, right? So I was thinking that, you know, Ibiza or wherever in the Mediterranean, I was also considering and contemplating moving to Mykonos. So I was thinking any place in the Mediterranean would suit me because it's it's easy, right? So, you know, there's this thing when we have a big dream around something, it kind of, because we put it on a pedestal and because we see it as complicated and less accessible because it's being pedestaled by you, then you kind of stop yourself from manifesting that. And not to say that I was trying to manifest Thailand or anything like this, but I was kind of pedestaling or pedestalizing, what's the word (laughs) again? I was kind of pedestaling, let's say it this way, um, tropical islands because I saw them as the ultimate perfect climate, perfect weather, perfect culture or different culture at least with this exotic food and stuff. And on the other hand, I also thought that it was more complicated to get there, more flight hours, more plane time, more expenses with the flights and stuff and maybe more paperwork because Oftentimes you need a visa to go to these exotic places, right? So I had, let's call them limiting beliefs. And so I stopped myself from manifesting this in the first place. So I was like, Ibiza or a Mediterranean island, rather, would be a perfect stepping stone in this direction. So, and you know, I'm all about taking action in the direction of your dream. So this definitely felt like that with Ibiza. And so I guess because Ibiza was so neutral to me, I had no limiting beliefs. I had no high emotion and I did not have skin in the game. Reference to the previous episode of the show, I did not have skin in the game. So 
it was very easy to manifest. And again, I was not very well versed in manifesting, manifestation techniques and stuff. So it was a very straightforward process. And even though I was not well versed in manifesting, I was still doing some, let's call them manifestation practices, such as vision boarding, even though I wouldn't call it this way back then. I would collect pictures of apartments in Ibiza that I would possibly be willing to rent or apartments that I liked and locations that I liked on the island. So I would add them into a folder on my phone to into an album. And this was actually my first intuitive practice of vision boarding on my phone. And you know me by now, I like to use technology as an ally and as a tool to manifest rather than a tool that will enslave me and separate me from my soul. So again, I was not necessarily conscious of me doing that and conscious of that process, but still it was what came naturally to me to vision board using my phone. So the winning recipe was manifesting practices such as vision boarding, no skin in the game, energetic neutrality, and then boom, my manifestation came in about, I think it was a couple of months really between the moment I decided it's somewhere in September, maybe October. And when I actually moved there in December, it was only a matter of a couple of months. And so anyways, there's so much more to this Ibiza story, but what you have to remember or what we have to remember from this story is that it kind of showed me my ability to manifest something that remotely looked like a dream, namely (laughs) moving to an island. And so almost the minute I landed in Ibiza, the minute I was installed there, I already started looking into my next destination. I guess this went to show me how adventurous I was and still am to this day because I literally, the minute I was installed and my curtains were unpacked in my new apartment, I was already starting to look into my next destination and researching where I could move. Possibly, preferably on a tropical zone somewhere on the coast. So because I just started to meet people on the island namely my neighbors, my lovely neighbors. And fun fact, my first neighbor was actually a French girl from Paris who also had moved there for probably the same reasons as me. This again goes to show you that you attract what you vibrate, you attract what you are. And so it was really funny to literally manifest a neighbor that was like that had the same story as me with the island. So that was a really interesting moment. And again, I was not into manifesting at that time. I knew nothing about vibration and energy and synchronicities, none of that. So I just thought it was a funny thing to experience. Anyways, she was going to Tulum and she mentioned Tulum. And of course, because I'm someone who also hangs out on social media, I was no stranger to Tulum. And I knew that people, especially people that was following in the spiritual community, in the artistic music community, they were they knew about Tulum. A lot of people were actually moving there during the international hay fever crisis, let's call it. They were moving there because there were no restrictions and because it was more open-minded and the climate was nice in winter and blee blah blue. And so, of course, Tulum was quickly added to my list of places I would move to. And you've heard me say that before, but a choice that truly comes from the heart usually does not make sense. That's what your mind is for, <laughs> not your heart. And... Needless to tell you that I was trying to find something really hard with my mind, something that made sense on paper, something that would tick all the boxes, something that would logically be very easy to get to. And so Tulum was very much that. And because not everything is black or white, because not everything is clear cut in this world, even though we like to think of things in terms of duality and such, it's not true anymore, right? It's 5D Earth now, people. So I guess it's not all black and white. And because it's not black and white, it was not all... What I was seeing, I guess, was not only in my mind, because I feel like I had past lives in Mexico or namely in Tulum, Maria, because 
when I looked at the pictures, I really felt something for me there. But also, I'm going fast forward to today. I'm not moving to Tulum, spoiler alert, <laughs> because I realized that I was trying to make sense of this destination. And of course, I do feel a connection to that, but it does tick a lot of boxes. But that's still something that is a process that is occurring in my mind and my mind only. Like my heart is not full on let's go there without being able to explain it and you've heard this phrase before I'm sure but if you can explain your intuition it's not your intuition so I could easily explain to you what would work for me with Tulum and so because I can explain it I can tell you with pure hundred percent clarity that it's not coming from my heart or at least not purely maybe the only thing that actually comes from my heart is the fact that when I see the pictures, I feel something that I don't feel on pictures of other tropical places, for instance. So I would like to double click on that for a second. I was saying that a choice that truly comes from the heart does usually not make much sense, right? And I think this is something that society is not helping us with, really, because we are taught to use our mind in the most brilliant ways. Like, truly, we know how to calculate stuff, how to reason, how to make sense of a lot of things. And we are brilliant intellectual creatures, that's for sure. However, It feels like, at least to me, that we as a society have completely lost touch with our intuition, with our emotions, even our astral body, I want to say. We literally live from the neck up and that's it. You know, we're not connected to our sensations, to our emotions, to our heart. And that's, I know, it's really sad. But it's such a strong and such a deep conditioning that is so hard to get rid of that I feel like even myself being quote unquote spiritual, <laughs> I had a hard time to get rid of that conditioning to this day. And I'm still working on it, to be honest. So we know how to reason and we know how to logically make sense of, for instance, why Tulum would be such a great destination. No paperwork or it's easy. Um, the flight is quite direct from Europe. It's like we have all these logical reasons to go when we're from Europe in this example. However, the emotional component of this very topic of moving to Tulum, arguably, was that I would feel an emotion, but because I wasn't as emotionally attuned to myself as I am now, because I didn't have the language almost of my own emotions, I would feel things, but not really connect to them, if it makes sense. So maybe what I had was actually just karmic kismet to some extent, but not a strong enough bond to justify me moving there permanently and to anchor myself there. Maybe it's only meant to be a destination for me to explore for a short time. Whatever that was, I feel like I was not able to truly read my emotional or spiritual ties to this destination back then and until recently actually and so I would say maybe this is something you can compare to what you feel with people in relationships and this podcast is also about relationships so that's a great parallel to make I feel like The minute you feel intensity around the so-called desire, whatever this is, it is coming from your wounding most of the time. Karmic kismet, as I was saying, wounded ego, unhealed soul wound, you name it. This is usually the intensity of the longing and I experienced it with other destinations actually. I had the same thing with New York City when I lived there and when I moved back to Europe I actually did so unwillingly and my suitcases were still there for a while for a few months and my heart was so broken not to be able to go back to New York. I was really I was shattered. I was heartbroken. I felt so depressed. It was truly a dark night of the soul for me and I realized with all this time passing that I kind of had a karmic connection to New York City because time passed and I healed myself in so many ways and right now when I think about New York City I'm like I would never for the life of me move back there even though that was the thing I desired the most a few years ago. 
And now I can hear you from here telling me, okay, Theodora, but what's a true soul desire then? I guess a true desire in comparison to karmic kismet or the um, very cold and logical mental <laughs> quote-unquote desire which actually isn't really a desire anymore because if it comes from your mind i would say a true soul desire feels neutral it feels light there's levity to it not heaviness it's illogical but it feels good regardless that's the first aspect and the second aspect is there is no passion quote-unquote because passion in Greek, the etymology of the word, it means to suffer. Although we could debate what that means in love relationships, right? That's a longer topic. But I would say a true desire, when you've healed all of the wounds, <laughs> first and foremost, you will feel no suffering. So no passion. It's just a pure illogical bliss, the pure joy and enthusiasm that you cannot explain about something. And I guess... A little side note about relationship. I feel like I must have healed so much about <laughs> relationship that I mention all the time because I used to feel this quote unquote passion a lot. And right now, when I think about this person, this significant other, <laughs> not to name him, what I feel is not passion. What I feel is levity and enthusiasm. So hopefully that's good news for the future. But that's what I'm feeling. So anyways, all of this to say, growth can be painful. Growing pains, right? So if you go through the growth, through the growing pains, and you still feel the desire, it still lights you up, literally, then that's probably a true soul desire. So <laughs> I guess this relationship was something like that for me. I also want to add that more often than not, I would say your true desire is not conscious because we are trained in this society. We are trained to listen to our minds, not to our soul, to our spiritual body, to our astral body, to our emotions, if you prefer. So we call it not conscious, but really we should say it's repressed because we don't listen to it, right? So what I can tell you is that myself, I found myself naturally gravitating towards my true desire. There was no fear, no judgment, no self-rezoning, no explaining, no rationalizing, whatever. And I found myself creating an alternative manifestation album on my phone, which Again, I didn't call this way. And so in this album, I would put pictures of my, actually my next destination, which I will keep a secret for now. But anyway, I found myself kind of creating, not on purpose, a folder, a manifesting folder of this destination. And it happened not on purpose again because I was like oh I love this destination so much it's so beautiful so perfect I was just naturally screenshotting whatever I saw about this destination whatever was coming in my insta feed you know I was saving it left and right without consciously telling myself okay I'm gonna manifest this I'm gonna save it and add it to my manifestation folder blah 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 no I was not reasoning like this and I suppose this is how you can really tell that it's coming from your soul because there's no story attached to it. You just do it naturally without even thinking about it. And interestingly, I was also doing this more conscious in the sense of I was more aware of what I was doing, conscious practice of manifesting something and creating the vision album on my phone for something totally different. And so this album was called Dream House, Dream Casa, because I was expecting to manifest a house or a casa somewhere in Mexico. I was not clear on Tulum or not Tulum, but anyways, I had started this album and this was kind of my conscious manifesting process, but it was coming from my mind, you guys. So, I mean, even though the intent, the intention was good and the the direction was good, let's say, for the manifestation, it was not coming from the right place. Do you see the difference? It was coming from the mind. It was coming from the logical and the tangible, the something I could explain, right? It was not truly, not entirely coming from my soul. And I guess it was confusing because, as I said before, it was not all black or white. I had some karmic kismet with 
this destination that Tulum was because I probably lived there in past lives. So, of course, it was confusing to me and I was not able to read my own energy, my own future, my own past lives as I can now to an extent, you know. So it's truly a process to uncover the layers of what is my mind, what is my karmic a story with the place where is my ego playing out do i have some wounds some limitations here and there to stop me and so this is what i'm gonna touch on now because now i can hear you say okay but now how do i lift the limitations and how do i melt the bloody blocks <laughs> well i would say to you expose yourself to more you want a tropical lifestyle, expose yourself to that. I mean, step by step, maybe get a trip to a tropical place. You want resort life or a boat, yachting life, business class flights, more money, exposure, baby. That's the key. Get in the vicinity of what you desire. Get acquainted to it, you know, because in my experience, it's really hard to manifest something without being getting to know it. You have to kind of tame the reality of it first you know you don't dive into the deep waters of the ocean straight away you need to dip your toes first from the shore to get familiar with the water and then when you get more and more comfortable maybe you can learn to jump from a boat not too far from the shore and then as you practice as you get more acquainted with this environment it gets easier and I feel like this is the reason why in the manifestation community you will hear more often than not how to melt your blocks rather than how to delete or remove or suppress your blocks because it's a progressive process. Just like ice being exposed to the sunlight, you being exposed to what you desire is going to yeah, melt the blocks. You getting more and more exposed to the lifestyle that you desire, to the financial abundance that you desire in your life. The more you expose yourself to that, the more the glass ceiling or the ice ceiling rather is going to melt. And newsflash, it's a lifelong process because once you melt one glass ceiling, there's another one coming after, another level, new level, new devil, as we say, <laughs> right? And what if you can't get immediate exposure to what you desire? Or if, in other terms, if your vibration is too far off your desired manifestation? Well, what you can do is find expanders. That's actually a concept, I believe, that was coined by Lacey Phillips, who has her own podcast. And so expanders are people either around you or online who have manifested what you desire. And this can trigger a little bit of jealousy or envy on your end because they're showing you exactly what you desire in human form and they have it and you don't. And so a good thing would be to reframe jealousy or envy in this is a frequency match. They have the frequency of my desires and they also have something that match with me i am on the same frequency which means that ultimately this is also possible for me that whatever they are manifesting or they have manifested for themselves is also possible for me and <laughs> ego wounds or not jealousy or envy is showing you exactly what you desire no matter if it's correct for your soul or blee blah blue let's not get that deep for now jealousy is showing you what you want truly want right now right this minute so these people you envy they are your expenders and they will help you get this exposure that you need to be able to manifest and melt the blocks, melt the ice ceiling, as I'm calling it now, on your manifestations. The more you see them getting what they want and the more you realize that they have a lot in common with you, the more you'll be able to manifest because it's going to be your new normal, kind of. Whatever you thought was probably impossible is now made possible by another person. In this case, your expender. What if you really, really, really don't know what you desire? There are two things that you can do. The first one is 
get outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> this is so like such a duh moment. But yes, get outside of your house. If you get invited to a party, I know that you might not want to go. You have better things to do. You'd rather meditate or read a self-development book, listen to yet another podcast. I know because I was this person. But trust me, go outside, see the word, get surprised, allow yourself to be surprised. And you might discover a few things that are available for you and that you, yes, you might want for yourself too. So that's the first thing go outside, go into the world, explore. Don't listen to the people who are trying to keep you small and in your comfort zone. You know, self-development is great, but part of it is also practice and experimenting in the world with what you've learned from the self-help books, you know? Otherwise, <laughs> what's the point of all of this? So get outside, get acquainted with other vibrations than yours, and you might discover things that you will want for yourself. I'm telling you. So that's the first thing that you can do. Another thing that you can do, and that is very, very efficient. It's going to expedite your process in a snap. I promise you is hypnosis, namely hypnomeditations. And for this, I have recorded two hypnomeditations that are super, super efficient for that goal. Exactly. So the first one is one that is called dream manifestation meditation and the second one is called highest self ecstasy so the first one dream manifestation is here to help you channel a dream of yours that you might not even be aware that you have that you hold inside yourself it allows you to connect to it to the reality of it and to bring it to your consciousness and it will allow you to take massive, inspired and aligned action, which is like the manifestation 101, right? So that's the first hypno meditation. And the second one, which is a very complementary part of the process. These two meditations complement each other very well. So the second one is called highest self ecstasy. It's my most recent hypno meditation. And this one is here to help you channel your highest self, the person that you desire to be, the person that you came here to be, your truest essence, if you prefer. So you are going to channel your highest self so that you can embody your highest timeline, the timeline that your highest self is living right here, right now. Because if we get a, a little bit quantum <laughs> about this, a bit scientific about this, time and space don't really exist. It's a continuum and your highest timeline, you are actually living it right now somewhere in the quantum field. So you just have to bring it back to your present reality. And if I sound a bit like Joe Dispenza here, that's because I've listened to many of his conferences and I actually recommend that you do too. It's fascinating. Anyways, that's what hypnosis is for. It's here to help you get quantum results and actually do these, you know, quantum leaps that everyone's talking about. It's like the latest buzzword in the Insta vocabulary, but we all want this, right? <laughs> Even at a soul level. So here it is for you. I have linked both of my hypnosis in the show notes so that you can download them directly. And for now, allow me to share with you an excerpt of both of these hypno meditations with you. So here's the first one. It's called Dream Manifestation, and it's here to help you channel your desired vision, your desired future. Here it is. Beautiful visions of your glorious future, of your desires coming to life. Allow yourself to dream it. Visualize it. Feel into it. Color. Sound. Sensation. The emotion of your dream feel into them feel 
So this was an excerpt of Dream Manifestation Meditation, which you can find on my website in what I call The Vault, where you will find all my hypno meditations, all my affirmations, all the audios. So link is below in the show notes. And now an excerpt of the next one, which is also my latest one, Highest Self Ecstasy to bring back your highest self and your highest timeline to the present. Here it is. Are no longer needed for the next version of you. Brighter, bolder, healthier. This version of you. So now, Let's focus back on our highest self, your highest self. So this was highest self ecstasy. (laughs) I feel so good just listening to it. And I must tell you the story about this latest audio, this latest hypno meditation of mine. I actually channeled that I had to do a hypno meditation to bring back my highest self and I thought this was just for you guys but turned out it was also for me and because I am my own guinea pig and I have to test all my audios on myself right so because of that of course I recorded it and I was like okay so now it's recorded it's edited it's mixed mastered all the things so how about I enjoy it for myself and see how it works out because you know I don't have work to do right I'm teaching this stuff I'm sharing this stuff with the world so surely I don't have much work to do in this department wrong (laughs) it was working so well you guys I had visions all along and I woke up quote-unquote woke up because I was not sleeping but maybe you get (laughs) the idea I woke up from this hypnosis like wow I saw this this was here all along I knew it I knew it but I couldn't see it and now it's so clear Oh, I was like <laughs> so overwhelmed with clarity if there is such a thing as a clarity overwhelm but this is what it felt like so I truly wish the same for you guys and also allow me to share more details about my story because this is also where I believe you get the juice and you get <laughs> you know um, golden nuggets hopefully so remember at the beginning of this episode I was telling you about how I was creating like an alternate album of manifestation which I didn't really call this way and I was putting a certain destination there and I was sort of telling myself more or less consciously that this was for later when I will be xyz when I will be more stable in my business when I will be more stable in my relationship whatever so I kind of put that aside And I was thinking that I would not work on this manifestation right now and I would focus on something that was on my mind, my mental body, rather my, you know, my left brain, as explained earlier. But when I did this highest self ecstasy hypno meditation, guess what? I saw myself there at this destination that I've been putting off all along that I was saving in a not so secret album on my phone all along and I was like right if I'm supposed to be my boldest self in my highest timeline then why am I putting this off again (laughs) why am I doing this to myself and so this is how I gained a sudden clarity which I believe without the hypnosis would have taken me probably a few years because this is how the mind can lead you astray you start building something from your mind and from constriction and it takes the time it takes and it happens and then you manifest the things that you were kind of okay with slowly but surely and it doesn't feel as thrilling as a manifestation that comes from your heart like a hundred percent from your heart do you know what i mean And so anyways, long story short, I gained so much clarity, I decided to study my astrocartography. And I know that's also a buzzword lately, but it's something that I started doing 
this year. I studied the astrocartography for this new destination, and it seems like it's perfect for what my soul needs right now. So, what is astrocartography, you ask? Astrocartography is an aspect of astrology that allows you to comprehend the planetary energies that are running through any geographical location that you're looking into in relation to your natal chart. And so for this reason, throughout your life, as you're going to move on the planet, you're going to feel that certain places activate some energies within you. And these are the planetary energies. I like to think of this as macro energetics, because we like to talk about energetics in so many ways, especially on the topic of manifestation. But we don't really have a framework for these energies that are actually so vast. It's such a vast field. I feel like we lack a bit of a terminology here. So I guess I'm just coining that right now. But I would say the macro energetics are the energetics that apply to celestial bodies in the sky. So the planets, the luminaries, the sun, the moon, the stars, the zodiac signs are made of stars, right? So these would be the macro energetics. And we have to take these into account because we tend to focus so much on the micro energetics, the energetics of a person inside an individual body, a human body, which is so tiny compared to the universe and to the planets, right? So micro energetics would be the energetics of a person, which is what most of us are focused on when learning about manifestation. So microenergetics versus macroenergetics. And again, I'm coining this right here, right now. So if you're quoting these terms, please make sure to reference Spiritual Slut, the podcast or myself. And this is true for anything I channel. I would be so grateful for you to do that. I myself try my best to reference anyone, any resource, any healer, any author, any speaker, any podcaster I come across, especially if they have coined certain terms. And I would appreciate for you to carry on doing this with me so we maintain the integrity in the space. So back to <laughs> the macro and micro energetics. They they are very, very intertwined, I feel. So it's hard to look at your own personal micro energetics without taking into account the macro energetics that the planets are impacting you with. And so I feel like astrocartography is such a neglected aspect of astrology, but such a powerful one. And maybe that's no surprise that it's like getting such a buzz recently. And I mean, myself, this year I started getting interested in it, but I feel like we have all been channeling this common interest for macro energetics, possibly, because, yeah, there's a regain of interest for astrocartography, obviously. So my story with it, to tell you a bit more, I live in Ibiza, right? So you would think a spiritual nerd like yours truly would surely would have studied the astrocartography of the island before moving there. Wrong. <laughs> I studied it only later upon my arrival, actually. It's like I decided to come here and then I studied the astrocartography and then I had the most interesting discoveries. I mean, you guys, I'm sure you well versed in astrology or somewhat versed in astrology if you're following me for all the astrological nerding, right? So let me tell you, my astrocartography for Ibiza is nothing short of stellar. I have like my north node line with a Venus line, both of these having a really really positive aspects in my charts, like trines, sextiles, you name it, really strong and positive aspects. And it's literally surrounding the island of Ibiza itself. And my strongest aspect lines are literally crossing the island on the exact place, the exact spot where I live. I know that's <laughs> insane. 
I mean, it's basically saying that I should live here, that my purpose is to be here, that I'm going to be able to create beauty, money, relationships, love, you name it. All these things that we all dream about, right? It's happening here for me. Well, supposedly. So no wonder it was so easy to move here and everything was so fluid and natural because clearly this was meant to be. And so anyways, the goal is not to <laughs> do a full reading of my astrocartography for you guys, but this is rather to encourage you to do your own research and maybe do your astrocartography for places that you are looking to move to or places where you currently live to understand the energies, the macro energetics behind the place you, your soul led you to. There is some gold here for sure, you guys. So I strongly encourage you to search and research the planetary lines that are crossing these places for you, the places that your soul is intuitively guiding you towards. And look into the planetary lines, look into the aspect lines also, which are quote-unquote custom to you, in the sense that they only exist in your natal chart. They're unique to you and looking into this is going to give you a different set of information. It's going to add more depth to that astrocartography reading that you can perform for yourself. And for those of us who are more advanced in astrology, this might sound really like Astro 101 or Astrology for Newbies, but aspects are such an important part of astrological chart because these aspects will set the tone for how beneficial is a planet in your chart or how challenging a planetary energy is going to be for you specifically. I know in the astrology community, some people go like, oh, Jupiter, so amazing. I have a Jupiter line. It has to be positive, right? <laughs> Wrong. Jupiter is not all, you know, it's about expansion. Yes. And Jupiter is like super loved in the astrology community for reasons that are very understandable. But it feels like as human beings, we're so lazy. We're like, yes, give me all the blessings easily but don't give me the structure and the hard work and the rewards that come from that discipline because you know discipline we are lazy <laughs> humans are lazy by nature and this is why i guess it's difficult to be doing the work because it is work <laughs> surprise so anyways i was saying so jupiter is like super popular as an example and then saturn is so hated in the astrology community mostly i would say by old school astrologers because saturn was considered one of the maleficent planets along with mars and pluto at least when pluto was discovered and i feel like this is 5d earth you guys it's not binary anymore so i think this template of planets being malevolent or benevolent is a bit expired right we know that everything is multidimensional and there's so much more to planetary energies than just good or bad. Nuances, my babes. Podcaster and astrologer Natalia Benson, she has a podcast which I love. She talks about planetary octaves so eloquently and she explains that there are different levels to which planetary energies can be embodied, meaning you can embody a planetary energy to its highest frequencies, highest vibrations, and you could also be embodying it to its lowest frequencies, lowest vibrations. So really, there's no such thing as a bad planet or a good planet. Nothing is all good or all bad. It's more of a spectrum, right? And so in this regard, even though you might have some really challenging aspects in your natal chart, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be all bad or all low vibe. It could be actually a challenge that will elevate your soul to the next level or to its highest potential should you be able to you know, embrace the challenge and overcome it to harvest its blessings. All of this to say, if you have a Saturn line somewhere, don't panic. It could be the best thing ever for you, even though there's a square or an opposition, a hard aspect, so to speak. So just to stay with this example of Saturn, 
the lowest vibrations for this planet would be constriction, rigidity, restriction even, karma, hard work, sacrifice. I mean, ew, right? <laughs> for most people. But it's not all there is to Saturn, fortunately. Because in its highest vibrations, however, Saturn will bring the stability, the discipline for the structure, the reliability, the devotion, the commitment, strong commitment, the required foundations to build excellence. Sounds more attractive all of a sudden, right? <laughs> So don't panic if you have a quote-unquote bad planetary line traversing a place you're looking into on your astrocartography. Just know that there's a whole spectrum of vibrations that is available to you. The highest octave and the lower octave, a whole spectrum. At the end of the day, it will all boil down to how you embody these planetary energies with what level of consciousness you decide to use and interact with these energies that are available to you. And I want you to remember this. <laughs> When in doubt, remember this. It's all happening for you, not to you. And I want to take this even further and tell you that it's happening by you. You chose this. Your soul chose this when you decided to incarnate on Earth. And so I will leave you guys with that. I hope I inspired you to look up your astrocartography, amongst other things. I know I am obsessed with this modality for it really helped me uncover and discover so many beautiful things about places on Earth where I have lived and places where I currently live or am contemplating moving to, which is also part of my quote-unquote announcement which is, you guessed it, I am leaving the island of Ibiza for my next manifestation. So I am moving to actually another island. <laughs> so I will let you do the guesswork. I know I have a lot of psychic and very intuitive followers right there. So let the game begin. Where is Theodora <laughs> moving to? I'm laughing because I'm remembering these books I was reading as a kid called Where is Waldo? I'm sure some of you of the same generation, the millennials, have come across these books. Where is Waldo? I think it's called Where is Wally in the UK. And so I'm going to keep the exact location, the exact island, a little secret for now. And for the record, no, it's not Bali. <laughs> nope. If you're following me on my social media, on my Instagram at Theodora Only, I'll be posting clues and my whole manifestation process with this destination. So stay tuned, watch my stories and just connect with me because it's fun, right? <laughs> connect with me. So grateful for you guys, for this community that we are I love being on this journey and sharing my journey with you. I hope you really enjoyed this episode, that you got some glimmer moments. That's a new concept. <laughs> I hope that you got some aha moments, some light bulb moments, some all the things, some golden nuggets and all. Thank you again for being with me on the show. I look forward to see you in the next one. Mwah. Bye, guys. Bye.